Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 141. This Monday night, the 5-2 Tampa Bay Buccaneers will travel up to MetLife Stadium to take on the 1-6 New York Giants. It is our game preview show, so we're going to break down everything you need to know about this game beforehand. All sights are set on Monday Night Football, the quote-unquote second straight primetime game for the Bucks. We know that the Sunday Night Football game against the Vegas Raiders was flexed. But hopefully, the same doesn't happen this week. But as of right now, still expected to play on Monday night. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Join alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Happy Thursday, friend. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Th- this week to me has been really strange because I feel like it should be over already. Uh, it's just one of those weeks. And um, Thursday night football is the night, and I felt like it should have been like two nights ago. So it's just it's it's been a it's been a weird week. And um, obviously, with the Bucks not playing on Sunday, it'll feel a little bit more weird. But I mean, it would be good to watch watch Red Zone most of the day on Sunday. So uh, I. I really enjoy Red Zone. Um, I'm not sure. Do you, can you watch Red Zone at all? Do you have that? Yeah, we've got it on YouTube TV, so I'll check it gotcha. out every now and again when the Bucks aren't on. Gotcha. Yeah, it's. I I, I like it, uh, especially for fantasy purposes. Um, team is six and one right now, so hopefully uh, the team that matters. Because I know that some people that listen to this, uh, um, I'm in different leagues. So the the money league that I'm in, I'm six and one. So uh, <laughs> the other ones, uh, I'm not. I'm like five hundred or worse. Um, so uh, if you want fantasy advice, if if I actually care about it, I can give you some solid fantasy advice. But if I don't, I'm I'm not gonna give you great advice because I just don't. I won't pay attention as much. But I'm in like four leagues or so. Man, just to give you an idea of how my fantasy season is going, in one of my leagues, I have the highest points scored out of anybody in the league by quite a big margin, and my team is 3-4. and four. So, so um, you're basically like the Dallas Cowboys almost. Pretty much. I mean, almost like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last season, you would think, right? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Maybe, <laughs> uh, who, who, who's your quarterback? Um, Matt Stafford in that league. Okay. Yeah, I thought he'd be better this year. I I guess, you know, Detroit sucks, but apparently Matt Stafford kind of sucks this year, too, from a fantasy standpoint. But we're not talking about Matt Stafford and the Lions. We are talking about NFC Offensive Player of the Month, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's go ahead and start things off with some Buck news from the week. First off, we got a couple of accolades. As I just mentioned, TB12 
breaking records left and right since his time in Tampa Bay and another first in his career. NFC Offensive Player of the Month. His month looked like this. 1,157 yards, 13 touchdowns, 110.0 passer rating, and if I'm not mistaken, zero interceptions as well. What a month for TB12. Yeah, he uh, he's been on fire as of late, and hopefully, hopefully the game uh, this week doesn't get postponed because I'd love to see. You know, you'd really hate for his you know streak here to be halted. Um, the, the the teams really starting to get into a groove and you'd hate for that to end. But yeah, uh, a fantastic month. And now it's all about improving on November. Uh, you know, am I expecting you know, 20 touchdowns or whatever? No, but you gotta, you know, now you're into, you're getting later into the season. It starts to matter a bit more. So got to play well uh, th- this month, especially because uh, this month's going to have a couple of tough matchups. Absolutely. Week 9 against the Saints is the first of those big matchups that they're going to have after New York. But, um, you know, another thing as well, we talked on Monday's show about, you know, Tom Brady and his presence in the MVP race because, again, Week 7, Week 8, that's when these conversations start. And the way that TV 12 has been playing, he has without a doubt put himself in that conversation. But Bruce Arians kind of said it, and we both said it here on the show. You'd like to see a little bit more games be put together. You know, some more wins on the season will definitely help him make his case because there is some stiff competition. Aaron Rodgers is playing like Aaron Rodgers again. While Russell Wilson didn't have the greatest showing on Sunday Night Football, I have no doubt that he's going to just continue to play at an MVP caliber level. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, but an impressive month for TB12, which was capped off by an NFC Offensive Player of the Month award. Congratulations to him. The other award for the Bucks this week, Devin White wins NFC Defensive Player of the Week after his performance on Sunday. His season total so far, 61 tackles, 4 sacks, 1 forced fumble. Listen, Defensive Player of the Week is one thing, but I think Devin White right now is making a very strong case to be a frontrunner for Defensive Player of the Year. There is only one player in the NFL right now with 60-plus tackles and more than three sacks. His name is Devin White, number 45, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But really good week for Devin White. And again, you know, him and Levante, they are just having one hell of a season between the two of them. Yeah, and I think that this uh, scheme really helps Devin White, too, because it, it really fits him so well. He's he's a really good blitzer. He's good at running downhill, not really backpedaling, but running downhill. Uh, I think you can ask Derek Carr how that goes. Um, but, uh, you know, among linebackers, uh, this is from uh, Pro Football Focus, among linebackers, Devin White has 17 p- total pressures, which is first in the league, and he has four sacks, which is first in the league, among linebackers. Um that doesn't count outside linebackers that are basically edge rushers like Shaq Bear or Jason Bear Paul. But uh, among linebackers that are actual linebackers, he's first in both those categories. So, yeah, I think <clears throat> I, just like him with Brady, he needs to put a few more games together. Uh, I, I think he's on a really good streak right now, and hopefully he can continue it. But I think he's going to need a few more splash plays. He's going to need some interceptions, uh, some forced fumbles, some more sacks to to really start to to make a name for himself in a defensive player of the year conversation. Because I think when people look at it, they they look at the the interceptions. If a linebacker has three or four interceptions with six sacks or so, uh, that's pretty good. Um, 
so I think right now he just he's lacking that that few splash plays, and I think he'll get him. Uh, I I don't know if he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. There's still a ton of games left. Who knows? It could go either way. But I think he's making a pretty strong case right now uh, to to be in at least the top three. And I think Tom Brady is going to be in the top three of MVP voting. So two Buccaneers there that are really obviously. Tom Brady is the quarterback of the offense, but Devin White's basically like the quarterback of that defense. Um, Levante David is a guy who is soft-spoken. He's very good. He's elite, but he's soft-spoken. Devin White, you can tell, is that leader. And um, he, to me, is, is like that quarterback. So the Buccaneers have two awesome quarterbacks on both sides of the ball that are right now propelling them to wins. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a pretty exciting time of the year because, as we mentioned, the Buccaneers really starting to get the ball rolling. So with the game on Monday night approaching, we'll see how they play. And if they play damn well, which right now we're expecting, then we got a couple of games we can get excited about. But really quickly, just wanted to remind everybody about Monday. Listen, if you listen to our show, every now and again, we'll kind of you know just throw some free money at you because that's what we do. The Chiefs. 19 point favorites over the Jets and the perfect place to get a little more info on stuff like that is with our friends over at betonline.ag from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props betonline gives you more options to wager than any other place online and of course they always have their online casino which again you know scares the hell out of me because listen I'll bet every now and again but I'm not a real deal gambler so I know that when I roll up to the Hard Rock Casino with a couple of buddies of mine it's going to be a long night and most of my money will be spent at the bar because that's just the way that I roll I like to play it safe but the cool thing about bet online their online casino never closes so make sure you head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses once again betonline.ag your online sports book expert so to kick things off every single week on the game preview show we typically cover the injury report for both of the teams and uh, we don't have a whole lot to talk about when it comes to the bucks this week the only player who's going to show up on that injury report as of today looks like chris godwin and uh, after the game on sunday we didn't mention it because the news hadn't come out on monday but if you hadn't heard wide receiver chris godwin had his broken index finger taped up he didn't practice today due to injury but After the game on Sunday, he suffered a fracture in his left index finger, making that touchdown catch from TB12. Um, He underwent surgery for it, and he is expected to miss the Giants game, but things are looking up for him to come back against New Orleans, which, you know, obviously, much more important game on the line there against New Orleans. Uh, Not to overlook the Giants, which we'll talk about here in a second, but for Chris Godwin's sake, you know, a week off, to really get that finger healed up from surgery, have him back against a really critical game against New Orleans. The rest of the team looking pretty healthy, you know. Uh, as much as it sucks, as much as Chris Godwin can't catch a break, I will take him missing one week of action against the Giants team to hopefully come back and help this offense against New Orleans. But overall, this team's looking pretty healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's good that he – uh, I guess fractured it, um, scoring a touchdown instead of just right, you know, yeah. a random play. <laughs> but uh, if you're going to do it, you know. Um, so I'm not sure if he's going to be back uh, week nine. It's because of Bruce Arians' comments. Um, Bruce Arians basically said when he was asked about it, he said, I, I think it's very optimistic that he'll be back in a week. But it could be possible. We don't know really how long. Again, that's why we have the insurance policy. The insurance policy obviously being Antonio Brown. So, 
to me, that sounds like they're not expecting him to be back next week. They're hopeful that he's back. But, I mean, Bruce Arians saying he thinks it's very optimistic that he'll be back. And, you know, he he said it's possible. I don't don't know. I I think Godwin might push to play, but I think the Bucs might just say, hey, we got Antonio Brown. You know, Mike, we can go into this game with Mike Evans and Antonio Brown as our two wide receivers, and I think he'd be all right. Um, So just sit this one, rest up, get ready for Week 10 versus Carolina, and you'll be good to go. That might be the case. Who knows? Um, I will say that we are recording this, expecting the Bucks and Giants to play on Monday night, expecting that to not be moved back, not be moved uh, to 4 o'clock on Monday, not be moved to Sunday, not be moved to Tuesday. We're expecting it to be played Monday night. But if the game is pushed back and it's not this week, the Bucks may be in some trouble because Antonio Brown now cannot return Week 9 versus New Orleans if the game is not pushed back. Really? I mean, if if the game is pushed back, Antonio Brown cannot return. Um, He would have to return the next week. Yep. Uh, Because right now, now that he is signed with a team, it is games and not weeks. That would be eight games. And technically, since the Bucs would have played seven games, the eighth game would be New Orleans. So you'd be looking at possibly just going against New Orleans with just Mike Evans. So, I mean, this is a tweet from Greg Allman. Uh, this is a worst-case scenario, but if Giants' COVID-19 situation worsens and Bucks giants is postponed to another week, Antonio Brown would remain suspended for next week's Bucks saints game. Uh, and then there was a question asked about the timeline. It said, right, th- there's no difference between weeks and games if you're unsigned, but once you're on a roster, suspension is for games, not weeks. So Antonio Brown was suspended eight weeks, which means week eight he could have, you know, he could come back. But now, once he's on a roster, now it goes to games. So, really hoping that th- this game is not pushed back at all. Because if it is, they're going to be in some trouble on, on Sunday night versus New Orleans. Um, like I said, we're we're not expecting it to be. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, you know, we'll get to a quote from Giants head coach Joe Judge later on. Uh, but yeah, just. It's nice to have that insurance policy, but hopefully that insurance policy can actually suit up on, on Sunday night, uh, November, or what is it, 9th or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, definitely pretty critical that you had mentioned that because I didn't even know that. All like right. Obviously, a worst-case scenario, and we'll talk about the elephant in the room here in a second, but another thing as well. You know, we talked about Chris Godwin possibly missing some action. That's once again where that insurance policy side of things with Antonio Brown comes in. And just a little update on A.B., he was practicing this week. He wasn't practicing with the rest of the team, but he was on another field basically yes. all the way on the other side practicing one-on-one with a trainer. And from what we've yep. heard from Bruce Arians, he is in excellent shape and he's going to be ready to go once he's ready to hit the field. Yep, uh, that is currently the only thing he can do. Uh, so he'll be eligible to practice with the team uh, after Monday's game. Uh, so if they have a practice, I don't, they won't, but if they have a practice on Tuesday, he would be eligible to play, uh, because that would be the, the start of week nine. So, uh, he'd be eligible to practice with the team and play. So, uh, yeah, for now today they have practice. Uh, he'll, he'll be working with the trainer and, uh, yeah. So yeah, Bruce Arians says he looks fantastic. Hopefully, you know, I don't think Bruce Arians would really lie about that, but also I don't think he'd be saying, Oh, he looks terrible. Um, so, um, 
Yeah, oh yeah, th- this guy, this guy's forty pounds overweight. We can't. Maybe we can use him as a tight end. Oh, he's looking um, slow. He can't catch. You know, <laughs> this is looking more and more like a mistake day to day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he he's he's already threatened, Mike Evans. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it's funny because if this year proves anything, it's that you can't believe a whole lot of what comes out of Bruce Arians' mouth, but. Again, you know, he's not going to come out there and say those things. So Antonio Brown, if he is in good football shape and the Buccaneers do need to lean on him a little bit more in week nine, I think he should be good to go. But let's talk about the other thing that was mentioned with New York side of things. COVID-19. There was a statement released from the Giants and it reads just like this. Late last night, we were notified that a Giants player tested positive for COVID-19. The player was immediately self-isolated and the contact tracing process was initiated. All of the players' close contacts were identified and were informed to remain home from practice today. Those individuals will participate in reading uh, meetings remotely. We are working closely with the NFL's chief medical officer regarding next protocol steps. That player that was mentioned was left guard Will Hernandez, who has been placed on the reserve slash COVID-19 list. And as of right now, Recent reports are saying that the Giants players sent home were determined to be close contacts, uh, were not high risk, and that means that they could be back to practice as soon as tomorrow or even the next day. And then again, just as a further update, Giants head coach Joe Judge said on a conference call today, we are expecting to play Monday night. And with this whole situation, for two weeks in a row, the Buccaneers have gone up against a team that's having a little bit of issues with COVID-19. And listen, you know, it's frustrating, but when the season started, we knew these things were going to happen. You knew people were going to get sick, and the NFL has a pretty good contingency plan for it because, um, you know, you really haven't seen, other than the Titans debacle, which had to reschedule the Steelers game, you really haven't seen a whole lot of cases of COVID-19 just dismantle a locker room. And with with this situation in particular, I think it really gives the Bucks the benefit, Bucks and the Giants, it gives them an extra benefit that the game is on a Monday night and not a Sunday, because while I don't think Will Hernandez is going to play in this game, I think the rest of those guys who weren't high risk can get maybe an extra day of practice in, and it just kind of slows down that process of like, well, maybe we have to reschedule the game, because as of right now, between you and me, I think we're going to see Monday night football, and we're going to see the Bucks wearing red too, which is what I'm damn excited about. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of unfortunate for the Giants that it's Will Hernandez because I think like their offensive line sucks, and he's like their one decent one. So, uh, I mean, we'll get into it, but this Bucks defensive line has to eat. Um, yeah. I mean, they they just they got to eat. So, like I said, we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, just like you said, uh, this was expected. Um, you know, there was I. You, you knew that there was going to be. It was going to affect almost every team in the league, right? Whether it was that team that contracted the virus or the 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 opponent, right, that contracted the virus. It was going to happen. It it just was. Um, and this is how they're dealing with it. And so far, the league has you know, dealt with it in a very good manner. And hopefully, you know, the Giants have no more positives. Uh, it, it they also did send two uh, coaches home who were I believe in close contact. It wasn't uh, like they were high risk or anything. They were just in close contact, so they sent two coaches home as well. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it definitely sucks. But I like you said, I, I expect to be playing Monday night, just like Joe Judge said, and um, 
Yeah, it would be nice to see the Bucks wearing wearing red. I also I like the Giants jerseys that they're going to be wearing. I like those. They're like the white throw- on white, right? Yeah, yeah, those yeah. throwback white ones. Huh? Yeah. I, I like those. So I, I don't think there's um, anything honestly for the Giants and their uniform selection. I think that helmet is hard to beat when they've got the white Giants, like the word Giants decal on the yeah. side of the helmet. I think yeah, that's good. Damn clean. It's a good nineties yep. look for sure. It's really so, good. Of course, guys, if there is any more updates on the COVID-19 situation and this game, if it's rescheduled, we're going to be here to let you know. We'll give you any updates as they happen. But as of right now, the game is still expected to be played, and we are recording this podcast assuming that Monday Night Football, the game, is still going to be played. But enough of all that. Let's jump into what we're here for, and that is the game preview. Something we talked about after the Vegas game last week is, you know, the Giants are a 1-6 team. Believe it or not, a one and six team in their division. They're only one and a half games out of first place in their not division. Not out of it. Not they're, out. They're of definitely it. not out I of remember, it. So I, so I remember in 2014 when the Bucks, the first year with Lovey Smith. Oh uh, I believe the Bucks were in this situation pretty much too, but the rest of the division sucked. Yeah. And like they were talking at like the trade deadline, they're like, "Oh, should the Bucks make a trade to maybe win the division?" Because they were legit like two games out, and they were they were like one and six. And I was like, "Oh, like this is crazy." <laughs> I think the I think that was the year that either the the Saints or the Panthers won it at like seven and nine. I think. Um, oh, so man. yeah, just it it just it happens it happens every now and then, and yeah, just it reminded me of the 2014 Bucks season. Yeah, the mm. NFC East is without a doubt probably, I mean, probably nothing. The NFC East is uh, the NFC least, as you've referred to it yeah. before. But one of the things that we wanted to make important, and we'll get into it a little bit more on this episode, is, you know, not to overlook anybody. You know, in the NFL, we've heard day after day, week after week, we've even said it about the Bucks any given Sunday in the NFL. And, um, you know, the Bucks, I think, have been in a situation before where, Maybe they wrote off an opponent sooner than they should have, looking at the Chargers game when they came out and were losing big pretty early. Um, but Bruce Arians came out. He made it clear on Monday that the Buccaneers have the leadership in the locker room, beginning with Tom Brady, to make sure that the entire team understands that the Giants are as dangerous an opponent as they've faced yet. And, and I think that has to be the expectation. You overlook somebody in this league, you're going to lose. Doesn't matter if they're 0-16. Doesn't matter if they're 16-0. and If you overlook anybody, it's pretty much a guaranteed loss on the schedule. So pretty important for the Bucks to just, you know, not overlook this terrible Giants team. The Giants went 4-12 and last year. And Daniel Jones, I believe, has four wins as a starter. Three of those wins are against the Redskins. Uh, sorry, the Washington football team. And so they went 4-12 and last year. One of those wins was against the Bucks, And one of Daniel Jones' wins was against the Bucks. The only other team that Daniel Jones has beaten in his NFL career is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, my and, God. And uh, I, I mean, you don't think that everybody – I mean, you think about it, and you could be like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's a different team. That's the same defense that that Daniel Jones is going up against. They did not forget last year. Yeah, like yeah, I know they're they're probably sitting in that meeting room like, and Todd Bowles is probably saying, yeah, should have won the game. Matt Gay makes the chip shot field goal, you win the game anyway, so nobody really talks about it as much, right? But you didn't, so you still lost the game, and a rookie quarterback still put a plus on you, including a scramble with about a minute left to take the lead. <clears throat> so they didn't forget that at all. And like I said, the only really newbie on this, there's, there's two one, there's two Steve McClendon, 
who, I mean, literally just got here, and Antoine Winfield. The rest of them were here. The rest of them played in that game last year, except for one man. And this could be the key stopping Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones is a giant leading rusher. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, he can he's sneaky. He can he can run around a little bit. So yeah, we know the Bucks have had some problems with mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. We've seen it all yeah. the time. I mean, he's not he's not Lamar Jackson, but he's you know, he's he's good enough to I mean they ran that read option. <laughs> he'll he'll run eighty five yards and then fall down Drift. guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Well <laughs> um but the the player that they didn't have last year, they didn't have Devin White in that game. Dev Devin White didn't yeah, play in that right. game. It, it was Kevin Minter. Uh, and and Devin White did not play in that game, so I think that makes a difference. Uh, but yeah, but this Bucks defense did not forget, and I really hope that they don't uh, overlook their opponent. This is my fear. So, and this is this this happens in the NFL. The Bucks are facing a one and six Giants team. The Bucks are five and two. The Bucks are currently first in the NFC South. The next week. They play on prime time in their home stadium against the team that is second in the NFC South and against a team that has owned them in recent years, the New Orleans Saints, a division rivalry. Do not overlook this Giants team. And I understand that you said that obviously Bruce Arians had mentioned that, you know, they had the leaders in this in this locker room that, you know, that really wouldn't happen. True, but it can always happen. Yeah. Just like you said, any given Sunday, you go on that field, you play the game. And the Buccaneers are so much better than the Giants. The Giants suck. Okay? <laughs> like, the, the Giants are not good. But they have played almost every game they've played tough. Okay? Except for the 49ers game, uh, they, they have played their schedule pretty darn tough. Uh, they should have beaten Philly last Thursday. If Evan Ingram catches that pass, they do beat Philly. Uh, obviously, I know they barely beat Washington. <clears throat> but, I mean, Dallas, who's not playing great, but, but Dallas barely beat them. The Rams barely beat them. And the Rams are playing good football, and the Rams barely beat them. Uh, I mean, the Steelers, they, they hung in there versus the Steelers, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so I, I think this game... This could be a trap game. I don't think it will be, honestly, but I'm just saying it, it could be. Uh, with the with the big time matchup next week on prime time, and you're facing a one and six Giants team. Who knows? Yeah, I I really think that uh, it could be. But back to my point, the Bucks defense has to get should get no less than four sacks against this Giants offensive line because it's bad, and especially now. It's time for Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul to step up, especially Shaq Barrett. He had three sacks against the Giants last year. The Bucks had five sacks against the Giants last year. So, uh, I mean, they roughed them up pretty good, but not enough. And I, I just think that they have to get to the quarterback with also because they really didn't do that last week in Vegas. That was a thing that can really concern me, and it still concerns me. That's why I put out a tweet uh, of, you know, mentioning names that they could possibly trade for the trade deadline. Um, and maybe at the end of the show, I'll mention some of those names, but, um, I think they still need that pass rush depth and Jason beer, Paul and Shaq Barrett, those guys are going to have to step up. They're going to have to get there with four and there should be no issue getting there with four because this giants offensive line is bad. Daniel Jones has a tendency to fumble the football. He's like one of the worst in the league at it. Uh, so just get to him. Like if, if they score, 
if they score over 20 points, if they score, tw- like, even if it's 21, if they score 21 points, there's an issue. Yeah. Because th- this offense is not good. Like, 20 points, yeah, whatever. Like, but if it's, o- to me, if it's over 20, anything over 20 points, there's a problem. Uh, unless, obviously, it's like a pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown or something, that's on the offense, whatever. I won't count that. But if the defense allows over 20 points to the Giants, there's a big issue. Yeah, and you had just brought up, you know, over 20 points is definitely a big issue because you look at the Giants offensively, they are next to last place in the NFL for both yards and points scored categories. They are ranked 31st in both of those. So again, with the Buccaneers defense playing the way that it has, especially the last two weeks, you went up against a pretty high-powered offense with Vegas, and then the week before you went up against a even more high-powered offense in the Packers, and you only held them 10 points. So... The expectation, you know, it. I mean, sure, you know, within the organization, I'm sure these guys are saying to each other, all right, no points on Sunday. Maybe they get a field goal. Maybe they, you know, get a touchdown after a long grinding drive. But again, I think if the Giants are swinging in this game after halftime and it's, you know, a one possession football game and both team has more than 17 points, then it's a pretty telling issue that, you know, there's just something going on there. But let's look at Daniel Jones on this offense. You know, he does kind of suck. Um, But he does have a good crew of pass catchers around him. He's got Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, and all four of those guys I know have made plays against the Bucs in the past. So if there's anybody on that offense that could kind of sneak off and get one every now and again, it's definitely going to be one of those four guys. But is there anyone in particular that you think the Bucs should highlight the most on that Giants offense? Well, I mean, I I think it has to be a guy like Evan Ingram um, because – to me, Evan Ingram is the guy that could hurt him the most. I think he's like Daniel Jones's go-to guy, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, having Sterling Shepard back, he was injured a little bit earlier in the year. Having him back is pretty big for their offense. But uh, I think that Evan Ingram sort of, if he gets going, I think it, it makes the Giants' offense tougher to stop. Obviously, not having Saquon Barkley is going to be easier for the Bucs. Uh, but, I mean, the Bucks lost to this team, and Saquon Barkley got knocked out in the first quarter last year. I mean... It was just that game last year was just so nuts. Um, and it's something that I'm sure they're remembering right now. Uh, but I also bet Daniel Jones is remembering and he's like, yeah, like I beat this team. I got this team's number. <laughs> so the Bucks got to kick the living, you know what, out of this team, I think. And I, I mean, and they should because they're, they're a better football team. This is where you prove like this is where you prove that, hey, yeah. Maybe it's a close game anyway, but, like, your defense just has to annihilate them. Just, like, you know, get to Jones four, five, six times. Yeah. Uh, force two or three turnovers. Make sure that they don't have any signs of life, really, on offense. And I think the biggest guy is Evan Ingram. It might be Jordan Whitehead going up against them, which Jordan Whitehead in coverage is not great. And Evan Ingram is basically a wide receiver playing tight end. So... I mean, he doesn't catch like a wide receiver as we saw in Philly last week, but um, I could have caught that ball. Uh, <laughs> so put me out there. I, I'm yeah, not sure Philly if I can get by grown, that safety. Baby. Yeah, so I'd, I'd, I'd beat the home team. Everybody, I'd come back home and everybody oh, would hate me. That Carson everybody Wentz, would hate me. That Carson yeah. Wentz to Evan Wanish connection would be something lethal. See? Yeah. I, Carson, you need receivers. Boy, I'm only built a like a tight end, got that 4-5 speed. 
Whoo! Well, well, I mean Carson does. I got about four three speed, but oh, uh, oh, 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 yeah, you know I'm I'm that I'm that burner man. Just, there you, you go. Know, there you put go. me on a go route. Put me on a call, sc- scooter version two. You know, basically. There you so go. There you that's go. That's what that's what I've been called around my neighborhood um, by many who who've known. The yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Not the Philly special, the Philly scooter. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah. So anyway, I think uh, Evan Ingram and then like Sterling Shepard, uh, whoever uh, Sean Murphy Bunting is covering, I think the Giants are going to throw to. Oh, yeah. uh, so it's either going to be most of the time Sterling Shepard or Golden Tate. Darius Slayton mostly plays outside, so uh, I would put Jamel Dean on Darius Slayton, then have. Carlton Davis on Golden Tate probably, and have Murphy Bunting on Shepard. So that's how I would line it up. Uh, but yeah, this this, this Bucks defensive line just needs to give Daniel Jones no time to even throw to them receivers. So yeah, and I think and, and their their run game their run game is not existent with Devontae Freeman either. So that's the thing is that I'm fairly confident enough to say that I don't think Devontae Freeman is going to be one overall run defense whatsoever. Um, you make any team one-dimensional, it's a formula that we've seen week after week from the Bucks, and I think this could be a game where if you bring the pressure to Daniel Jones like we're anticipating, it could be chock full of turnovers, so it could do even more to help the Buccaneers in the turnover margin in that department. But before we talk about the defense of the Giants, I just want to remind everybody, listen, holidays are coming up. We said it on Monday. I'm saying it again. They're going to be here before you know it. Halloween's in a couple of days. The next time the Buccaneers Crazy. play, Monday. It won't even it, – it'll be November. Can yep, you November? believe that? Listen, That's crazy. Black Friday shopping's coming up. You got a lot of stuff. You got a lot of gifts that you're looking to get. But no need to worry because our friends at Seattle Shirt Company have got you covered. Jay and his team have an unbelievable selection of NFL and NBA jerseys that are 100% authentic. From current superstars like LeBron to the all-time greats like Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and of course, Walter Payton, Seattle Shirt Company has it all. And right now, for our listeners, we have a special one-time-only pre-Black Friday Cyber Monday deal. Everything you buy over at SeattleShirt.com is 30% off. So head over to SeattleShirt.com, enter the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, for 30% off of your entire order. And of course, shipping is always free with our friends over at the Seattle Shirt Company. Once again, promo code BLEAV for 30% off of your order. SeattleShirt.com. Make sure you go check it out. So let's talk about the Giants' defense. Listen, they bring a lot more to the table than the Giants do on offense. That is for damn sure. They've got some athletic big men on that defensive line. They got Leonard Williams. Dalvin Tomlinson is another big name. They added a trio of veteran starters in 2020. They got safety Logan Ryan, cornerback James Bradbury, and inside linebacker Blake Martinez. Here's the thing about Bradbury out of those three names. He's had a pretty damn good season so far. He has been Very in a good. bright spot in that giant secondary. And another thing as well, he's got three interceptions on the year. But another thing as well is that Bradbury normally plays pretty well against Mike Evans. So what are your expectations this Sunday? I guess for Mike Evans in particular, because look, you know, history favors Mike Evans. He normally has a big game against the Giants, but with Bradbury usually having Evans number in Carolina, he's with the Giants now. Mm. I have a feeling he's going to be shadowing number 13 for the whole day. Do you think Mike especially, Evans has a big especially game? Especially Chris Godwin out. Uh, here's what I expect. I expect more Bucks fans to be complaining about Mike Evans come uh, Tuesday morning. Not getting the ball. Be, he's just. Uh, 
Uh, even if he does, it's not going to be big yards. It's it's just he's a it's a less than a hundred percent Mike Evans without Chris Godwin there, without Antonio Brown there, and against a guy who has had his number. Come on, it's not a recipe for success, and it, it's going to be up to the rest of the guys. I think Miller, Rob Gronkowski, Tyler Johnson, um, even Cameron Brait. I think. Um, He's had a couple of solid games against the Giants in the past, but yeah, like you said, I mean, Mike Evans is a Giants killer, but uh, Bradbury has been a Mike Evans killer, so uh, Bradbury has always seemed to keep Evans in check when they were facing Carolina, uh, and maybe it's more the scheme, but I mean, Bradley's been one of the best cornerbacks in football this year, so um, I think he'll, he'll, he'll get a few catches, but... I don't think he's going to go off for 150 yards and two touchdowns uh, like he did last year against the Giants. I think – did he have did he have two or three in the first half? I think he had, he had two in the first half, if I remember two in correctly. The first I, half. I, I, I will Google that and get you an update here in a sec. Okay, yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, like you said, history favors Mike Evans, but then history favors James Bradbury. So I'm going to give the edge to probably Bradbury. If, if Evans was 100%, I think it would be closer. But uh, I'm, right now I'm going to have to give the edge to, to Bradbury, especially with, with Chris being out and obviously Antonio Brown not being there yet. I just think that they're probably going to double him somewhat too. And um, I think – They'll probably do almost the same thing that the Raiders did and just hope that like your linebackers and safeties and your other corners are going to be able to cover the guys like Gronkowski, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. So um, I, I think that's that's the, the game plan for the Giants. Um, they're, they're a pretty good run defense team, so not sure if the Bucks are going to be able to run the ball with success. I'd like to see them get Leonard Fournette involved in the passing game or in yeah. this game. Uh, because the Giants have not fared well against receiving back. So that's something to look out for, too. Yeah, and just an update on that Mike Evans stat line from 2019. Against the Giants, he had eight receptions, three touchdowns, 190 yards. Yeah, Biggest Mike Evans game I can remember in a long time. That's that's not happening again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you brought up the fact that, you know, I, I don't think it's so much going to be Bradbury having an awesome day against Mike Evans. I think they're just going to double the shit out of him again like they did against, you know, the Raiders. I think you're going to see that happen. And when, um, when, when, when Chris Godwin's not there, it's much easier to do. Exactly, exactly. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if we see another decoy week from Mike Evans. But ladies and gentlemen, just once again – Settle down. He is currently second on the team in receiving yards. After Monday, I first guarantee he'll still be top five in receiving yards on the season, right? First in targets. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's okay. Like, relax. And listen, we could be wrong. Mike Evans could go out there and have a signature Mike Evans game. But with what the Bucks offense is bringing to the table, with Chris Godwin not playing, as Evan had mentioned, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see the game plan on defense be let's just shut down Mike Evans for as long as we possibly can. But I will predict a Mike Evans touchdown. I think he gets in the end zone one time. Even if he only has like 10 yards on the day, I think we see a big number 13 touchdown, which, by the way, first place on the team in receiving touchdowns as well. So looking at the rest of this Giants defense, I wanted to ask you, is there any player that you think really could be that impact guy for the Giants throughout the uh, Monday night game? Um, I mean, they have a, they have a few solid players. I mean, I liked Logan Ryan. I've always been a fan of his, um, uh, I mean, I still think I was judge real peppers, solid player. Um, so, but I mean, other than that, like, 
Like you, I mean, you mentioned Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson. I mean, those are the two guys, really. Um, that That's what makes their run defense so good is it's tough to run against them because those two guys the middle, kind of. So they don't have as great pass rush. Lorenzo Carter, who's their leading pass rusher, I believe, well, went down with an injury, so he's not playing this game. I believe he's out for this year. Um, so, And they just traded Marcus Golden back to Arizona. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think the Giants pose many threats as far as pass rush goes, even though they are like apparently like I've I forget what stat John Ledyard I believe a Pewter Report brought it up like they're like top fifteen or something or top ten and like pressures or something like that. Um, but he said it is kind of deceiving because it takes like Carter's numbers and Golden's numbers and stuff and adds them in there too. So. Right. Uh, I, I think the Bucks could have some trouble running the ball, and if I think if they try to establish some sort of running game early on, it won't be as great. Um, like I said, I think you got to get your backs involved in the receiving game, and if you don't want to throw to Ronald Jones, that's fine. Throw Shady McCoy out there. Have have your two receiving backs be Leonard Fournette and McCoy. That That's fine. If you want to give Fournette a break every now and then, throw Shady out there. Be Shady's better at it than, than uh, Jones is, so... Uh, you know, keep Jones running the football. Do not have Jones catching that ball because I mean he can catch it. But after he dropped that screen the other day, I, I think and I think Bruce Arians didn't see enough too. So yeah. I think if if Leonard Fournette needs a break, I think that's when you may see Lashawn McCoy. But uh, yeah, I would I would definitely utilize the the pass catching backs, and I think it's going to be important for the offensive line to play well again. I think you know, this this Giants. Defensive line is not as talented as Green Bay's was, but it's also better than uh, I almost said Oakland. Oh, better, you caught yourself. Better than Vegas's was, I, I think. It, it's better than <laughs> it's better than Vegas, but it's not as good as Green Bay. So, uh, I think the offensive line is definitely going to have to play well, and they're going to have to protect Tom Brady, and he's going to protect the football again. I mean, yeah. you know, I think there's going to be opportunities on defense to take the ball away, but you can't give it away. Uh, I believe the Bucks did a decent job last year against the Giants. I believe they had one turnover. Winston threw a pick, but I mean, other than that, like I believe, and I believe the the Bucks had a turnover themselves on defense, so the turnover margin was fairly even. Uh, I just think that they just have to they have to be be sure that 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 they that they protect you know uh, their their guy back there and um, try to get creative with it. Try. Uh, to try to get the ball in your play, try to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Scotty Miller, they're gonna be paying more attention to him. Gorkowski, now they're gonna be paying more attention to him, especially in the red zone. So uh, I think their their defense is sneaky good, like, but it's not. It's also not like actually good. So there will be some opportunities there uh, for for the Bucks offense. I think to, to score some points. Absolutely. And one more thing I wanted to mention before we get into the weekly checklist, this next thing actually kind of ties into the first thing I had on the checklist, but this offensive line, you know, you talked about the defensive line of New York being a little bit more talented than the Raiders and what they brought to the table, but it's a really big opportunity for this offensive line to go three straight games without giving up a sack, which I cannot remember the last time that that has ever happened here in Tampa Bay, but Really big game on the line for them and, and keeping Tom Brady clean in this one's going to be important because like you said, if you know they try to set up the run game early in the game and it doesn't look like it's going to work, then yeah, you're going to have to resort to Tom Brady just slinging it a little bit more than you're comfortable with. But 
He's Tom F. and Brady. He just won defensive player – or excuse me. He just won <laughs> offensive player of the month. So uh, I'm fairly confident in him throwing the football. But uh, really big game for this offensive line as well. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be big. I think he Brady even said himself he wants to get Mike Evans some targets. So I hope he doesn't force the ball to him. But uh, I think you, you could see a lot more targets coming Mike Evans' way uh, th- this week. Absolutely. So every single week here on the Game Preview Show, we wrap things up with something called the weekly checklist. It is a list of three things that the Buccaneers need to do to hopefully come out victorious against the Giants this Monday night. So let's get into it. The first thing on my checklist is, like I just mentioned, continue to keep Tom Brady clean. You give him a clean pocket, you keep him not getting hit and laid out flat on his ass, he's going to give you everything you want and more, which is why this month played a really big part in him winning NFC Offensive Player of the Month was the performance of this offensive line. So against the Giants defense, that is fairly lackluster for the most part. Aside from those big hogs on the line, I think they can do it. Second on the weekly checklist, spread the ball on offense. You know, we talked about the absence of Chris Godwin, talked about Mike Evans kind of being limited a bit. It's another one of those weeks where you're looking at Scotty Miller. You're looking at Gronk to have a big game. You're looking at Tyler Johnson, as you said. I'd like to see Tyler Johnson be a little bit more involved. Yeah, he had his touchdowns, but I'd like to see him get a little bit more passes, maybe some looks if he can. But uh, another week, I expect them to just spread the ball on offense. You're going to see a little bit of everything. And it helps that, like you said, Evan, you know, get your – Get your running backs involved in the passing game. Get Leonard Fournette. 47 receiving yards for him last week. I definitely think he can improve on that this week if they give him the lanes to run through. Um, But I would like to see that. So spread the ball out on offense, expecting that for damn sure. And then last one. I don't think it's on your checklist this week, so I went ahead and put it on mine because we all know how the Giants game went last year. Make your damn kicks. Do I think this one comes down to a last-second chip shot field goal for the Bucs? I don't think so. I think they should win by more than one possession once the clock hits triple zeros. But uh, for the love of God, Ryan Suckup, you've been doing such a great job this season. One more week for me, just because it's the Giants game. Make your kicks. Evan, anything you want to add to the checklist? Yeah, so um, I believe this was this was requested of me, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, this one's for you, Owen. Uh, yeah, just make your kicks. Uh, I know, I know that that Rhett said it, but I'm emphasizing it. So, um, yeah, make your kicks. And I know that Owen was was pleading for me to to say it. So there you go, buddy. <laughs> um, make make your kicks. Just this last week, and then if he makes them, you'll never hear it again. So if he if he makes them and and they win, never hear it from me again. So, uh, yeah, just I mean. That, yeah, there was a lot of reasons. Like they blew an 18-point lead at halftime last year, and yes, the you know the offense kind of did sputter a little bit in the second half. But man, they just make the kick and you win. Like yeah. I just uh, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> and I mean Matt Matt Gay also had missed, I believe, what was it? It was an extra point and a field goal earlier. So earlier in that game. So I mean, and also. Uh, in Tampa, luckily this one's in New York. That might be the key. There you go. Can't be in Tampa because if you remember in 2017, Nick Folk missed an extra point and a field goal, I think, and then hit the game winner against the Giants, but it barely squeaked in. Yeah. Um. So that was in Tampa too, and then you know. Uh. So I think that's the key. So since it's in New York, we might be in all right shape. But yeah, just go out there and Ryan suck up, 
Don't suck. Make your kicks. There you go. What better week to have it on the checklist twice? Potentially the last week we ever see it on the checklist, but fingers crossed and go Bucks. Let's do some score predictions, break this thing down, and get out of here. My prediction, as we kind of talked about the whole show, I don't think it's a close game. I don't think it should be a close game. I think if it is, then, you know, yeah, the Giants have played tough, but I just don't think they have the ability to play tough against the best defense in the league and Tom F. and Brady, at least this year. So my score prediction, Buccaneers win it big. No, it's not a super high-scoring game for the Bucs in terms of, you know, what they've put on the scoreboard these past couple of weeks, but I got them winning this one by 18 points. 28-10 to 10 is my final score prediction. The Buccaneers advance to 6-2, and two, and they are red hot, ready to play the Saints on Sunday Night Football next week. Evan, what is your prediction? Yeah, so I uh, I have a similar prediction. I, I think that the Bucks offense it'll be a little bit tighter. I think I think it's one of those games where you know it, it might be a little close until the end, and the Bucks may pull away. So I'll, I'm going to go uh, 28 to 17 Buccaneers. So I'm, I'm thinking the Giants score one more touchdown than you think, and I'm going to go 28 17. Still an 11 point win for the Bucks, but yeah, I just don't. The Giants I just don't think have enough offensive firepower to to match up with with Tampa. Yeah, I think you'll see him take a shot every now and again and maybe get it. You know, you'll get a deep ball to Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, or whoever gets open on the play, but it's just not going to be a habit. I don't think you're going to see Daniel Jones carve up this defense like he did in 2018. I, you know, you're talking about the deep ball. I don't know if Jones is going to have time to throw the deep ball. That's ball. fair, like, too. Like, it's going to have to be quick passes. I well, mean, this he is shifty. Line is Let, let's keep that in mind. He is pretty yeah, shifty. Yeah, he definitely we've is. Seen, yeah, yes. Derek Carr was able to extend a couple of plays in Vegas just because of his legs. So yeah. it could happen. There's quite a few times the Bucks blitz and they miss it by that much you know yeah. but other than one or two plays like that I really don't think there's going to be a lot of room for this Giants offense to operate but ladies and gentlemen with all of that being said that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast thank you guys so much for listening on any of our podcast outlets or watching us with video over on YouTube. And I'll tell you what, if you're not subscribed already, make sure you go ahead and do it. We are pretty close to 1,500 subscribers over on our YouTube channel. The Buccaneers continue to play good football. We continue to get good numbers. And, and there's nobody else we can thank but each and every one of you who tune into the show every single week. So we truly do appreciate you. But if you're on YouTube, click that subscribe button and make sure you hit the bell icon as well as you'll get notified every time we upload a show a hype video, a Bucks break, or even whenever we decide to do the CF Hotline shows and have you guys call in. So thank you so much for all the support there. That's where you can check out the show. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. You can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. If you follow me, I will follow you back. And I don't think the same could be said for my co-host, but if you want to check him out, you can find him on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, <laughs> the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram with 25,000 plus followers. And you can find him on Twitter at Evan NFL. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what Red said is probably true. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll see. You know, I'll, if, if you want, if you want tweets about occasionally about the Bucks, about Philly sports, Life in general, just general wisdom, you know, from the the Philly scooter, four three burner, um, <laughs> you know, just go ahead and follow me at Evan NFL. So 
There you go. Looking forward to it. Ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you Tuesday because, of course, the Buccaneers play Monday Night Football. So we'll talk to you Tuesday with our game review episode. Bucks break coming that week. And if you're listening to this on Thursday over on our YouTube channel, we got our weekly hype video coming out on Friday. So be on the lookout for that. Expecting a big game for the Bucks and Red and Pewter this Monday night. We'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. See you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.